Good morning, everyone. We snuck in some caches yesterday. We had a wild evening on the tilt space. It's time to review the week six GPP slate, check in on some lineups, including the Deposit Kingdom Rake Free League. Let's do it. I suffer from a debilitating condition known as atropic shockitis. Peter's one of the greatest depositors I've ever seen. Trust the process. Let's go. I got auto match with Levitan. Bullshit. If I just go the other way, if at 66, I win all the money. All the money. If I had 150 lineups, I'd win too. Process over results. Illuminati make a bitch go crazy. I don't know which one of these my baby. Bust out AP. Crush pop bullets in your head like KD. Bust it, bust it. Bitch go bust it. And I had 10 pints with me in Russia. Hey everyone. Oh my goodness, I forgot to get my coffee by me for the start. There you go. There you go for all you sick freaks out there who wake up to hear me pour my coffee in my cup. Good morning. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning, Paul. What's up, Mongo? Geez, ABG, it's far too early in the morning to start thinking about 6,300 Cordero Patterson. Can we just please recap week six before we're on to week seven? My God. I always have to do the um, the first look for salaries uh, for Pat Mayo's channel on Monday uh, early evenings. And my brain is always about to break when I'm looking at those salaries because uh, I'm just not ready to move on on Monday to the next week. But yes, uh, thank you for the spoiler that Cordero Patterson is 6,300. Um, glad you guys liked the intro. Uh, the uh, for somehow I don't know how it happened, but someone started circulating that TikTok video again yesterday. Uh, apparently it holds up for people. So I'm glad people like the podcast intro uh, TikTok. Uh, thank you, Greg, for asking the important questions. The, uh, the christening was good. The priest thought he was a stand-up comedian, which made it uh, a little painful, uh, but it was good. It was good. I am the godfather for uh, my nephew, and it was a nice time, and I made it home in time for tilt space, and then we had a very, <laughs> a very fun tilt space. If you guys didn't see it, we thought we were dead. We were arguing with each other. Leone and Holka were fighting. We were about to shut the stream down, basically, and go do a, a Sunday night lineup build on Holka's channel. And then things just slowly started to pick up. And all of a sudden, this Dak Prescott double stack we had with Cortland Sutton in it just kept climbing and climbing and climbing until the uh, the chat told us CeeDee Lamb had a walk-off touchdown in overtime that moved us up to, was it second or third place? I can't even remember now. I think it was third place. For twenty thousand in the fifteen hundred dollar game changer, so we went from thinking we lost fifteen hundred to winning twenty thousand yesterday in the span of about twenty minutes. So that was an incredibly fun time. You can find that video archive up on uh, ETR's YouTube channel. I saw many people saying they turned it off or they left because they think we didn't have a sweat. Which fair enough, we didn't think we had a sweat either. I will say just psychologically, those sweats where you're charging. And it's more of a pleasant surprise versus holding on, I mean, are so much better for your mental health. I mean, we we were teasing Holka 
yesterday for uh, his FanDuel lineup because, uh, you know, Leone was saying it wasn't going to hold up. Uh, our buddy Pat Corain had a nice lineup uh, that held, but uh, not as much as he would have wanted. And it's, uh, man, I, I hate having lineups charge at you because then there's assholes like us who are doing uh, cartwheels. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Uh, GM Paul tilt space pushed me to bourbon. Tough morning. Yeah, I'm struggling a little bit too. I had a little too much of the bolete last night. That's what we call it in France. Um, wow. I don't even know what a super sticker is. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate that. This is, I think this is my first, first super sticker. Um, how many times did I check my phone lineups at church? Zero. Dude, you, you think I'm, I'm attempting? Can you imagine if my wife caught me checking my phone during uh, church? No. So I went I went a full hour yesterday. When we got back to the car, I checked my phone. I saw all the DraftKings Live uh, notifications there. Made it a full hour without knowing what was going on. Can you imagine? They, they should make a documentary about me about unplugging for one hour on a, on an NFL red zone uh, Sunday. The toughest thing was getting thrown out of my sauna routine. Had to go to the christening instead of a sauna. Um, are mom and dad good now? Yeah. I think, I think, uh, when you win $20,000, uh, mom and dad are good, you know, <laughs> money smooths everything over. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, Tony says sweats are the best. Mine went south yesterday, but comes with the territory. First losing week. Look, man, if this is your first losing week uh, on the season, you are sitting pretty. You are sitting very pretty. Um, ben says that that lamb TD killed on my min caches, but happy for you guys. Yes, that is the the yin and yang of teams charging on late production as it means uh, teams that had been sitting atop the leaderboard for most of the afternoon get pushed down. So, apologies that cd lamb uh did that to you guys yesterday um wait you get dk live notifications mine hasn't worked all year yeah i have the dk live app and i think you can set the notifications to either get notifications only for guys in your lineup or you can get them for all of the touchdowns on the slate uh i don't i i do not work for dk live or dk assist or DK support, so I can't help you out, but it should work. Um, all right, let's um let's look at some of these lineups. I did scale back my play a little bit yesterday. I've been making uh, I would say like five lineups, you know, been playing the three spies, and then I normally toss, you know, a lineup in the power sweep, um, some of the $50, $75 single entries, kind of variations off my main lineup. I was trying to simplify things yesterday, knowing I knowing I was going to be in a car for the hour before lock, knowing that I was going to be driving home during late swap. So I did try to simplify things. I can pull up some of my lineups now and we can start to go through these. This was the, uh, the big spy here with 5,555 entries. I did have, um, a DAC double stack here, uh, which ended up leading to, uh, what was this a little more than a min cash. Uh, I finished in 405th. Uh, here for $250. This was a team I late swapped. Uh, you can see I have Chase Edmonds and Odell Beckham in here. I did have the Kareem Hunt, Rondell Moore. Um, it's one of those interesting things because I had the DAC double stack going late. I didn't have as much information about this team. Um, 
And the funny thing is too, is uh, so all I had was what I had Dalvin cook and Robbie Anderson were the only things I had going early. I actually made the late swap before Robbie Anderson had the touchdown. Uh, I wonder if, if I had seen Dalvin cook 25, Robbie Anderson, 10, it's still probably not enough where I'm like, all right, I can, I can let the chalk ride with hunt. So I just made that swap to me. It was more like a situation if, you know, cook goes for 30 and Robbie Anderson goes for 25, then I'm more comfortable eating chalk. Um, but I did just make the pivot there, uh, knowing that, uh, I basically needed to be as unique as I could get. Um, just knowing that the Cooper cop cup chalk had hit pretty strongly. And it also allowed me to play the Cardinals D, uh, which, uh, I was happy to do. They were one of my favorite defensive plays. So yeah, pretty, uh, standard lineup for me, as far as the DAC double stack with the Jacoby Myers bring back in our tilt space lineup, we did a Nelson Aguilar bring back. I also had messed around with going with lamb and Amari and bringing it back with Hunter Henry. But ultimately I liked how it fit better with Schultz, uh, and lamb. And man, I will just say, the ownership percentages on these DAC doubles is pretty wild. Like the Cowboys wide receivers have been a little underpriced for most of the season, I feel like. And I mean, when you looked at ceiling projections yesterday, I mean, Dak was right up there, third, fourth highest ceiling projection along with Matthew Stafford, but the field just completely condensed on Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I think those guys were both around 25%. Let's see here if I can find one. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 16% here, Heineke, 19%. What was, uh, what was Lamar Lamar 20%. So to me, those are some pretty absurd ownerships for quarterback. I feel like normally we're seeing them cap out around 12 to 15%. So to have the field, you know, condense around Lamar and Mahomes, I'm pretty happy to, to get to a DAC double stack and then to get CD lamb at 6,500 at 4% Schultz at two and a half percent. Um, and I did check. So I had those three lineups and I played in the three different size spy contest. And I knew this one would be my most contrarian lineup. So I did put this in the biggest of the contests I was playing specifically for that reason. Um, and you'll see in my double spy lineup, I actually ran a more chalky lineup with the chiefs stack. I mentioned it on the show yesterday morning that I thought it was, it was a hard week to just go full contrarian and not eat some chalk. Um, it, it was, it was so smooth and so spread out that basically every kind of lineup construction or angle you were taking, if you were prioritizing correlations in some way, you were going to run into some chalk. So that, made me a little uncomfortable overall. Um, but uh, I am happy with how this worked out and happy to get, you know, a late game hammer at this kind of ownership. Let's see. Yeah. Corey says he also did the late swap hunt to Rondell to Odell Edmonds. That was such a clean swap as far as salary projected points and then getting a big ownership boost. Uh, I also really liked the hunt in the flex uh, pivot to Cortland Sutton. That was one we did on our tilt space lineup. That worked out really well in addition to that one. Let's see here. Um, the GPP had three X, the DAC ownership, the contrarian bros are showing up. Yeah. We'll take a look at the DK, uh, GPP here in a second. 
the deposit kingdom ownership is is always very sharp here um don't even don't even try this uh the whole thing i said is uh not starting your lineups with hunt i thought was was not ideal because you had the flexibility and then you could make the decision of whether you wanted to play hunt or not uh with so much of the action having already transpired so my lineups came uh preloaded with hunt and we can check here i believe yeah i did the same swap in this other spy odell and chase and then in this one i also i believe yeah i had hunt i think did i have hunt here i believe i had hunt here and then just pivoted down to uh odell beckham and up to the cowboys d so Yes, uh, the hunt thing stinks. He gets hurt. The Browns offense doesn't get going. Uh, it is what it is. It's Mookie says, I'm ashamed to admit I was duped in the deposit kingdom, but we still got a solid finish. That's hard to do. Duped in a 400-person tournament? We'll have to take a look at that. What's up, Ryan Hodge? All I can think of is if I just bought more purrs instead of playing NFL DFS the last four slates. Yeah, the, those kind of thought experiments are so brutal. Uh, I used to do that with uh, looking at my DFS play where I was like, man, if I would have just not played DFS for the whole year and just put it in Bitcoin, man, I would be sitting pretty, but, uh, we're too much of degenerates to just park our money somewhere and not, uh, mess around with it. Um, let's see. Yep. Eric had hundred percent hunt at 1 PM and 10% by 4 PM. I think, uh, I think that's the exact way, uh, to do it. Um, I, I do really think, uh, taking advantage of those situations. It's like, it's like getting to, I think I've used this analogy before, but it's like getting to do an open book test versus uh, a closed book test at, at 1 PM lock. If, if there was no late swap, you, you basically are having to do a closed book test and you're having to make your stands early and you can't play Kareem hunt if everything locks at 1 PM, but instead you get an open book test where you get, you know, three and a half hours of information, the majority of the production that's going to come on the slate. And then you get to make your decision. You have to take advantage of that. Um, okay. Matthew says lessons learned need to pivot off chalk when middling or min caching a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You have to give yourself chances to jump chalk. And the thing is too, that I find very helpful is when you look at kind of the ceiling projections in the ownership you, you'll realize, yeah, Kareem Hunt had a very nice ceiling projection. I think ETR had him at a 31 around their ceiling projection. You're going down to Cortland Sutton, who I think had a 22 or 23 ceiling projection. So you are sacrificing, you know, nine points of ceiling. That's a lot. Don't get me wrong. But you're also going from a 40% owned guy to a 5% owned guy. And so you just have to be willing to sacrifice those projected points for the contrarian play that can help you jump all of that chalk. You just have to give yourself a Hail Mary there with that late swap. Um, I'm trying to see, let's see what lineup won this bigger five, 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 five spy King bucks as also had uh, a Dak to lamb. Did he bring it back with anything? Yep. Had the Jacoby Myers bring back, which was, was pretty standard. Had Darrell Williams, Darrell Williams ended up being a really good play. I'm surprised he was 15.6 percent in here that's still a decent amount of ownership just paid down at uh at running back here was able to jam uh a one-off cooper cup which is interesting played a one-off noah fant 
Uh, and then the two cheap. Yeah, this is an interesting lineup. Uh, getting up at defense, I think, uh, makes sense here. Uh, I love the kind of tight end play at 1.4%. So much of the field playing Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey. I mean, I'm, I guess it is kind of interesting to me to not play Dalton Schultz here in this DAC double stack. I believe Schultz was what, just a hundred less. Is that what he was? 40, 4,900, a hundred more. So maybe he didn't have the money. Um, let me see. Actually, I'm just curious about not going with the double stack there. Uh, no, yeah, they had the extra hundred. So it goes with the Noah fan instead of the double stack to, to Dalton Schultz. And that's the difference. I mean, uh, the difference between getting first and, you know, probably being top 30 instead going from Dalton Schultz to Noah Fant. So score one for the less correlated bros, I guess on this one, or maybe it was a late swap where they just felt like they needed more ceiling. Although I don't think you would necessarily need to consider late swap. If you hit on Cooper cup, if you hit on Cleo Herbert and Darrell Williams. So yes, I don't know. Shrug emoji. I play Dalton Schultz there every time, uh, but Noah Fant gets it done. Yes, we can talk about RSJ. I mean, RSJ, oh, I'm tired. RSJ, what What ownership did he come in at in this contest? 40%. That's too much for a punt tight end. Now, Ricky Seals-Jones, he played 100% of the snaps yesterday. He is just playing the Logan Thomas role in that offense. Um, four, four receptions. He does find the end zone, 15.8. It, I don't know. I, I think it was a bad play unless you were game stacking, honestly, at this percentage at 40% for a punt tight end is just too much. There's still just too much variance in tight end scoring to be eating that kind of ownership. Unless you're just kind of going full on game stack there. Like, I, I don't like this play here as a one-off chalky Ricky seals Jones. And I get that it unlocked a lot of stuff for your lineup. It allows you to get up to a, a Cooper cup, um, a Jonathan Taylor, but yeah, uh, I don't, I don't think that was good. I think if you playing Ricky seals, Jones, maybe you're in a Heineke double stack. Um, the problem was too, is that even the optimals yesterday were showing Travis Kelsey and Ricky seals Jones. There was nothing, you know, sneaky about Ricky seals Jones. He was popping in optimals and he was in the preferred game stack that everyone wanted to play. So he was just going to get overused relative to how often he appears in winning lineups. I don't, I don't think Ricky seals Jones appears in winning lineups 40% of the time, which is the rate he was being used at. So I don't know. Should we say that? I don't want to, should, do we go as far as saying the Ricky seals Jones slappies got there? I think the RSJ slappies got there. Um, all right, let's take a look at the, uh, this was the middle spy. This was the one that I bricked 2,222 entries here. I did run the Stafford double stack. You guys heard me, uh, you know, uh, stamp. I don't want to say flag plant. I don't, I, I am worried about getting sued by the established the million guys. Um, I, what's an, what's another word for flag plant. I drew a line in the sand and I said, you're either playing Kadarius Tony with me or you're not. Um, I did like this Stafford double stack to Woods and Higby, uh, knowing that Henderson and Cooper Cup was going to be so popular. This is, you know, 
maybe it's it's getting too cute or whatever, but I think it did set up as nice leverage with that ownership there. Robert Woods' role has been growing. Tyler Higby had a lot of targets uh, in the red zone, so I don't really feel bad about this. Sterling Shepard ended up being a better bring back than Kadarius Tony, but Kadarius Tony left the game. What was it in the first quarter? He had three catches and then, uh, you know, aggravated his ankle. I did get a little spooked um, right before lock because there were some reports about Tony, uh, you know, laboring through his ankle during warmups. I decided to keep the faith uh, in our tilt space lineup. Leone wanted to go with Sterling Shepard instead of Kadarius Tony. I thought that was fine. I, I think Kadarius Tony, though, was going to have a big game if he didn't get uh, injured there. So I'm fine with the Kadarius Tony bring back at 6.8%. I get in a mini correlation that I like, although I like it a lot less after seeing this ownership. My hope was that paying up for Jamar Chase was going to be a little bit more contrarian than 20%. Uh, I figured T Higgins would be mega chalk and most people would just eat that. So chase at 20%. I don't love, if you would have told me that I would not have played it. I was, I was thinking he'd be more in the 10 to 12% range. Maybe that was naive. Uh, I know he's been really good, but 6,700 was, was steep when you had Boyd and Higgins down there pretty cheap. I probably should have, um, gone with Boyd instead. He was the other one I was looking at in my mini correlation with DeAndre Swift. I did have the hunt Rondell Moore here. Um, once I missed on not having Cooper cup and Darrell Henderson woods, Higby, Tony, I knew I had to swap there. So I made that swap to Edmonds and Odell and then kept the, uh, Cowboys defense in there. So yeah, very similar construction to this other spy lineup as far as the, uh, double stack, Where's mine? Um, and the same late swap there. And uh, yeah, this double stack just doesn't hit there. I think similar to the DAC double stack, the Matthew Stafford stuff was going a little underowned because of all of the Mahomes and Lamar Jackson exposures out there. But yeah, I guess this lineup, I don't really have too many regrets other than the Jamar Chase play at 20.5%. I'm trying to think, you know, what I do otherwise. Uh, if I'm not playing Jamar Chase, where I end up spending that, you know, extra, however much Tyler Boyd was a little over like 13, 1400 in savings. Not sure where I would have spent that. Uh, although using it to get up to Cooper cup, that would have been good. Lots of snowflakes on there. This is true. That is the GPP life fire and ice. That's what we do. Um, feeling rise from the dead. Yeah. Yeah, he he had a solid game. I mean, that offense is so concentrated. I think, uh, what, Thielen had 13 targets. Justin Jefferson had 12 targets. Dalvin Cook had 29 carries. Definitely love those concentrated offenses. And then let's check out my double spy. This was my chalkiest lineup, and that's why I put it in this one, the smallest of the three contests I played. 833 entries. This is where uh, I did Galbrain off of the Ricky Seals-Jones chalk. I did not want to play what I knew would be the very popular construction there. So I, I went ahead and played Adam Humphreys. I believe I touted him yesterday morning. Someone added me. <laughs> they were mad that they were sweating Adam Humphreys with me. Uh, apparently, Diami Brown was the play. Uh, how many how many uh, targets did uh, Diami Brown have yesterday? I probably, I know we had been tossing around like DeAndre Carter. Um uh, Deami Brown, three for 30. Um, 
yeah, so there was really no way to to get there, but three for 30 would have been better than what uh, Adam Humphreys did. And talk about, you know, failing the PSM model, playing uh, Adam Humphreys over uh, Deami Brown. But I do feel good about not playing RSJ at that ownership. I think there are uh, plenty of outcomes where one of those cheaper wide receivers get that production and uh, RSJ fails. I did do the sneaky but not sneaky Jonathan Taylor and Brandon Cooks correlation. If I did my tweet, I forgot to do my tweet of the guy who the GPP bros want to be sneaky is no longer sneaky. That would have been the Jonathan Taylor, Brandon Cooks uh, correlation. That got steamed uh, pretty hard by the end of the week. Jonathan Taylor just looking like too good of a play at 6,600. I still wanted exposure there. I did play a one-off Joe Mixon. I had thought about doing a Joe Mixon with TJ Hawkinson correlation, but I couldn't get it to fit. And in this Mahomes lineup, I did want to play Kelsey instead of Tyreek Hill. And then I didn't want to do the two tight end thing. So I did just play Mixon as a one-off. Pretty surprised at this ownership on Mixon. I thought of all those running backs, I thought he was going to be the sneakiest of the 6K guys, of the Swift, of the Jonathan Taylor so that mixing coming at 22.6%. I mean, I blame the flag plant bros at establish the million. These ownerships, the smaller the field get, the the trendy GPP plays just get more and more steam. 22.6% Joe Mixon. After I think my spreadsheet had him at like 6% ownership most of the week. So yeah, that stings. Um, and then I believe I had, I believe I had Hunt in this lineup um, and ended up pivoting once I had the Adam Humphreys snowflake. Um, I was excited about Hardman. I thought Hardman was a good play with, uh, with Tyreek banged up. And if you tailed me on my underdog pick them yesterday, you won Tyreek uh, or Miko Hardman over hit and Mike Williams under hit shout out underdog pick them bros out there uh so yeah this is probably one of the chalkier lineups i've played all year um but i did want to get access to the game and honestly i'm a little a little upset with kind of the exposures i had here i think knowing that mahomes this stack was going to be so popular i probably should have gone for a mini with less ownership like we talked about the Dalvin Cook and Robbie, I ended up playing the Dalvin Cook and Robbie here, but I think it would have made more sense to play the Jonathan Taylor in Cooks here, knowing that this Dak double stack was going to be far less ownership and then play the Cook and Robbie in this one where I knew the Mahomes main stack was going to carry more. I think that was a mistake on my part, uh, knowing that those two stacks were similar in salary, but had pretty different ownership. And that is, that was probably a leak, a leak on my part, uh, not to have those switched and get the overall percentage owned, cumulative owned, product owned in this lineup down. So lessons learned there, uh, too much, probably too much chalk in this lineup, even for an 833 person contest. Uh, let's see here. Lunchable connoisseur, Galbrain, Brandon Bolden off a hunt. Oh, wow. Now, now that's a Galbrain. I would have played Ramondre Stevenson if I was Galbraining. Uh, 
Drew Morris says, my wife and kids moved in with her parents after they heard I had zero Cooper Cup teams. Yeah, man. I, I We were agonizing on the tilt space last night seeing the Cooper Cup ownership. I, I mean, it, it held in check. I think he was forget what he was now i think it was like 14 percent or something which is absurd at, at 7900 he was such uh such a good play what did he come in here 16.2 percent i mean i'm playing jonathan taylor and joe mixon at over 20 percent and not playing cooper cup at 16 percent that's uh it, it was a it was a tough week for knowing where those kind of upper end wide receivers were going to come in ownership wise. I did not have a good feel for Tyreek, Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, and Cooper Cup's ownership. Like I just did not have a good feel for it. And then I didn't have a good feel for it. So I didn't, I didn't know where to take a stand. Uh it was a tough week for upper end wide receivers. The only guys that were popping from a ceiling perspective that were sub 10% ownership projected were Adam the or not Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson and Mike Williams. I didn't want to play Mike Williams. I was spooked by the knee swelling that proved to be the right instinct. I think Jefferson probably would have been a nice play, but man, at 8,100, it was super, super expensive. And clearly taking the price discount on Adam Thielen was the way to go there. But yeah, it was, it was tough here. I believe this is Pat. I believe this is uh, my buddy Pat Corain here, finished uh, eighth. What did he have? He had the Stafford to Cup and Van Jefferson. So this was nice. Van Jefferson, I thought, was was definitely a viable play there at 3,400. He does get the Cup in, brings it back with Sterling Shepard instead of Tony, plays Dalvin Cook and Darrell Williams, two very nice running back plays, and then also gets in Tyreek Hill, no bring back on the Washington side. Cardinals defense. Very nice uh, lineup here. Um, yeah, I talked about, uh, I, I didn't want to eat the Ricky Seals-Jones uh, chalk, but you can see what it did for his lineup uh, elsewhere. And knowing that he was going to have some pretty contrarian plays in Cook, Shepard, Van Jefferson, Cardinals D. So pretty pretty nice lineup here uh, from Karain. Takes down $1,500 in the double spy here. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I didn't even, I, I was shocked this morning when I read T Y Hilton led the Colts in, uh, in targets. Uh, it just comes right back as if he never missed any time. And, uh, is Michael Pittman's season done? Is that what happened? Um, let's see here. Um, dun, 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 dun. uh, let's check out the, well, first we can, uh, check out my spreadsheet on the year here. So, played those same three spies that I played last week, had another min cash in the double spy, uh, man, which those min caches in the double spy, they definitely help. They definitely help buoy, um, the inevitable bad stretches. Like I had in week four where I absolutely bricked out. And then also getting this top 10 percentile finish in the big spy as well for 250 helps. So starting bankroll was 2000 for all these single entry contests. Um, we have 5,400 in winning, so 3,200 in profit so far this year playing the single entry GPPs, which very, very happy to be in that spot. Uh, basically means I can free roll uh, the rest of the year. Uh, if I'm playing around, you know, 400 a week, I mean, that gives me what? Nine, nine let's say eight, about eight more weeks 
So maybe not quite. I could get to about week 13 or week 14 um, with no more hits, which it's a, it's a nice cushion uh, to be in. Definitely very happy with how my GPP play is going so far this year. I think I've I'm doing well uh, focusing on the contests I'm most familiar with, not really branching out from those too much. Uh, I do get pangs of jealousy sometimes seeing, you know, good contests over on FanDuel or seeing the cash game bros have big weeks. But I do really think for how busy I am and what I do best, it's it's best for me to focus on a, a very narrow lens as far as my contest selection and the type of lineups I'm making. I feel like I'm in a good groove with it. Um, for the most part, of course, there's there's mistakes every week, um, generally with misunderstanding where ownership is going to come in. But for the most part, I'm, I'm legitimately pretty happy uh, with my GPP play this year, and it's nice to see uh, the results uh, kind of following suit, which isn't the case. I mean, you can be a very good GPP player, which I'm not, but you can be a very good GPP player and lose uh, week after week after week. So to have uh, to be in the green through six weeks uh, is is great psychologically and just make sure uh, ensures that I continue to play as aggressively as I want to play. I know two years ago when I started doing the bankroll challenge, I was losing a lot and I started to make suboptimal lineups. I didn't want to be as contrarian. I wanted to play safe plays so I could come on the stream and save face and not look like a fucking idiot. Um, it definitely is easier uh, to not worry about looking like an idiot when, when you've had some success early and can continue to play in the way uh, that we know is, is profitable, which is by largely being contrarian and leveraging these chalk plays. Um, Thank you again, Ryan, for the tip. You're always way, way too nice with these. Hodge says he's getting crushed. Minus 3,500 last four weeks. Review mine in the 800-person double spy. What uh, what team are you? Oh, Roto Hobo. Let's see, Hodge. Roto Hobo here. Uh, 175th. Oh, yeah. I, I know you love Herbert. I mean, Herbert at 7% is nice. Keenan Allen at 25%. Uh, I think is is completely fine there, um, especially with Mike Williams banged up. I think assuming that he was going to have a pretty nice target share was a safe assumption. Bring it back with Mark Andrews. So the Keenan Allen, Mark Andrews, pretty chalky, but both those guys were great plays. You do get the uh, Thielen-Robbie Anderson correlation. I think that was really nice. I mean, both of those guys at those price tags, uh, that play looks good. You play uh, two of the chalkier running backs, but but good chalk. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what uh, what happened here. I mean, you you min cash, so I mean, this looks this this looks fine. Was DeAndre Hopkins a late uh, swap? Hodge, did you have Hunt in here, or were you always riding Hopkins? I mean, he only had uh, three targets, so I mean, that wasn't ideal for for DeAndre Hopkins. His role is really shrinking, but getting those two TDs always nice. And at that ownership, you can't complain. Um, I think the only stuff that I mean, I'm probably doing differently. I didn't. I don't want to eat the chalk defense at at 2100. Uh, the 22% on the chalk defense is is probably something I'm avoiding. And then I'm probably just deciding between one of the chalk running backs um, with Henderson and Herbert. Um, but to me, this looks like a nice lineup. Uh, I wonder if Herbert is a guy though that you should think about double stacking. Like the weeks where Herbert goes absolutely nuclear, 
I mean, generally there's, there's a third guy coming along for the ride. That would be my only other thought just because he's not giving you a ton on the ground that he's more in that double stack territory, like with Dak and Matthew Stafford. But to me, this is, this is a solid lineup in here. As far as in this smaller contest, I think you're fine eating some chalk like that. And uh, you get that double, double min cash. I think just when that, there's probably enough chalk in here that it's just super hard to to climb to the leaderboard. Maybe lean into that correlation a bit more, and and not eat the chalk defense. But I don't know. That's just me coming up with things to say about it. It looks like a nice lineup to me. Um, just you lucky that Herbert Allen didn't get there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, you know the Allen stuff with Mike Williams banged up. Uh, I think it made a lot of sense. I think, you know, if Mike Al- if Mike Williams was out, I mean, Allen probably gets steamed to what, 40%? I mean, probably pretty crazy. Uh, and so you're kind of getting a bit of a discount here if you do think Mike Williams is going to be limited and Keenan's going to see more of a target share. And this game just kind of flopped in general. I mean, the Chargers only put up six points. So it's like, I mean, what, what do you want? And again, I think anything that was not playing the Lamar and Mahomes uh, was pretty good yesterday. I mean, to get all of these guys, we see Stafford, we see Herbert, we see Dak. I mean, all of these guys sub 10%, I think is, is pretty nice. Uh, so, uh, keep, keep on keeping on Hodge. The bank is coming. Um, let's check out the deposit kingdom, uh, league. We did fill this. They, uh, they made it bigger. We got it up from 350 entries to 400 entries this week. Uh, there were still some people, some stragglers who didn't get in. This is how it goes. They normally send me the link around Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon. I'll immediately post it in the discord. If you're not in the deposit kingdom discord, you can get down there. I generally try to post it most multiple spots, spots, spots in the announcements channel in the run, the Sims channel and in the NFL DFS channel. So multiple spots to catch it. I'll pin it in there. If you're in the in the Discord, you have no excuse not to get in uh, early. And then I will start to promote it on shows, and I'll put it in the uh, show descriptions for both the audio version and the YouTube show notes. It's been filling by about Friday night. I think this filled late Friday night. I'll probably have them go up to 425, 450 this week. I want to keep growing it, but having it fill by like Friday night, Saturday morning with no Twitter promotion. That's basically my goal. I want it to be for the Discord peeps and the people watching shows. And shout out to DraftKings for hooking us up with this rake-free tournament. It will be fun as we continue to get this bigger. So get your friends in it, and we can continue to make this bigger. Let's see who took it down. I ran my DAC double stack in this lineup. Ended up finishing uh, 31st here for uh, a 3x. Um, first place, Mark us Kulik, uh, also had a Dak double stack. Oh, wow. This lineup looks familiar. Dak to lamb and Schultz with Myers on the bring back played the shepherd Darrell Henderson, mini correlation. I love that. You play the Joe Mixon one off 19% Joe Mixon less owned here than he was in the double spy. And then Melvin Gordon at 5,100. Um, I, I honestly don't mind that play. I was trying to see if you did do a pivot off of Hunt, but based on who you had going late, I think you probably just came with this lineup preloaded with Melvin Gordon. Um, it, it isn't bad. I mean, I I, I don't mind it at, at 1% at 5,100 with everyone playing uh, Hunt. Pay up for Colts D. 
Um, very nice lineup here, 189.1. D Driver was hot on his heels here, four points behind. Also, uh, a Dak uh, skinny stack here to CD Lamb, brings it back with Nelson Aguilar. Does the Dalvin Cook, Robbie Anderson. This is why I love reviewing the Deposit Kingdom leagues. It's always just these nice correlated lineups, a bunch of GPP bros who go to bed each night and say, Lord, at least my lineups were correlated. Um, Plays Jared Cook here, a one-off Jared Cook. Definitely don't mind that uh, at 4.3%. That looks pretty good. Hopkins, uh, one-off as well at 7,800. Uh, really like the exposures you got here. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 17.8%. Ravens, 6.5%. Uh, pretty, pretty nice lineup there. Same thing as that lineup we were looking at in the Big Spy. I'm still probably, I want to double stack Dak, um, but I guess you save a lot going from Jared Cook, uh, from Dalton Schultz down to Jared Cook. I mean, I'm probably playing Amari instead of DeAndre Hopkins in this lineup. And then, you know, taking that however much, what was it, like 1,400, 1,500 elsewhere and trying to upgrade, maybe tight end. Um, That's my only... That's my only comment, but clearly the uh, the Dak skinnies worked out. I just think in these 400-person fields, um, you know, having to get less things right, especially with these quarterbacks that traditionally do support a double stack when they hit their, their upper ceiling like Dak did here, um, I'm wanting to capture a little more of that and having to get less things right than, say, like the one-off DeAndre Hopkins. But pretty nice lineup here. Steeler fan, 2,000. Look at – okay, so yeah, this is – this is the exact uh, other construction I was considering along with the Dak Lamb Schultz. Jacoby bring back, you do the Dak premium double with Lamb and Amari, bring it back with Hunter Henry. Um, the the devastating mistake here for Steeler fan, of course, is not having Odell Beckham in their flex and eating up a flex spot with uh, Darnell Mooney. That's an no-no. Uh, but uh, a nice lineup here. I think Cook and Mixon, very nice plays. Uh, Vikings defense correlation there with Cook. Very, very solid lineup here, despite the absolutely devastating flex mishap uh, mix-up here. I, I just don't know how you recover from this. We are going to have to put um, an asterisk next to this, and uh, it is what it is, Steeler fan 2000. It is what it is. Um. Let's see. Wild, how low owned Lamb ended up being everywhere, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, this was what I was talking about with all those guys uh, DJ Moore, uh, Cooper Cup, like all of those guys ended up uh, staying in check and Lamb, especially at 8.5%. I, I wonder too, like we had come off of a couple weeks where the Cowboys wide receivers just continued to be underpriced and they had been chalk. I think a few weeks in a row and lamb had kind of disappointed people. So it feels like everyone had finally hopped off the lamb train, right? Only what three targets, five targets, six targets here. People just cooling on it on him a little bit. Um, but yeah, his prices just kind of stayed locked in this 6,000 mid range here. So getting him in this game, I mean, it was one of the few games there was what there were three games with a total over 50, you had the Chiefs-Washington game, which the ownership followed it. You had the Ravens-Chargers game, which the ownership followed it. And then you had the Cowboys-Patriots game uh, that was over a 50-point total. Uh, and people weren't 
weren't flocking to that game. So I definitely think that was a nice spot to uh, to take advantage of this week. Um, all right, here we go. Um, I think I think that's about it uh, for our lineup review. Oh, let me check in on my owners club um, lineups. I think I was. I think I have one lineup that was doing pretty well, although I'll probably get past tonight once we get the Bills and Titans game. But I think I was, what was I? Yeah, I'm in 27th here. Um, I had my Dallas. I'm glad this was a card I bought on the market on Saturday because I wanted to complete my Dallas stack. I had the Dallas QB, but did not have Dallas wide receiver. Did use Kansas City tight end here. Colts running back and Vikings D. So I'm in 27th. I'll drop a decent a bit, but I should hold on for a cash. Um, you know, you always look at how tough some of these like 1v1 decisions are. You know, if I have Rams defense here, that's another eight points. That's pretty nice. Up here, I did play uh, Raiders and Rams along with this Bills Titans stack for tonight. Probably too far behind to do much noise unless these guys really go nuclear, which is always possible. I had a Chargers Ravens stack here that obviously failed. Uh, that was doing nothing, nothing in the side hustle, nothing in the side hustle. Um, low ball lineups, my low ball lineups, too good, too good with the low ball lineups. Island of Misfit cards, which is tight end and defense, nothing. But look, yeah, if I can keep uh, you know binking uh, some of these finishes, it's uh, definitely paying already for the secondary purchases. So I need to continue to round out some of my stacks. So I have more options, uh, but having a lot of fun uh, with the owners club, we do have a channel in the deposit kingdom discord. Uh, if you guys want to come and talk strategy there, uh, I haven't done a ton in the market. I haven't sold a, a single card yet. I have just gone shopping just because it's fun to have lots of options to build around these game stacks. Um, but yeah, shout out to the owners club. It's a very fun game. And if, uh, you're a DFS GPP bro and have been looking for uh, an, a nice entry point, an accessible entry point into the world of NFTs. I highly recommend Owners Club. And I know it can be a little uh, daunting just with some of the, the stuff needed with the Weath and the Polygon and, and kind of some of that stuff. Uh, just message me in the Discord. I'd be happy to help you out, get started over there. It's not as intimidating once you kind of get your MetaMask set up and are good to go over there. Um, if you guys ever want to listen to the audio version of this podcast, I have been posting those to the in a vacuum podcast feed. Uh, you can check that out links down below. I'll be back, um, for a couple things today. I'll be back at two 30 with spags for splash play. We'll review, uh, the week six slate. We'll check in on our low ball lineups from our contest with Smiz. And then I'll be back, uh, tonight for a showdown cram excited for this bill's titans game uh i might might have to play some 20 max tonight might have to get in those 20 max streets uh and yeah that's my schedule for today i appreciate you guys hanging out as always uh we will talk to you at 2 30 peace out mm -hmm.